Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. We observe today not a victory of party, but a celebration of freedom. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. The Human Zoo, where they don't hide away the sick animals. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The independent republic of Mike Graham. Stand to attention when I'm talking to you! On Talk Radio. Dismiss! Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on uh, Talk Radio. You will have heard, if you were listening in the last hour, uh, that we're all going to hell in a handcart. Apparently, uh, if you haven't got a passport now, you better rush onto the passport machine and go and get a new one. Because apparently, because Witch Magazine told everybody that if you don't have a new passport in time for April the 1st, after we've left the European Union, you won't be able to go anywhere. We literally just had a conversation with an immigration lawyer uh, who was backing up the fact that the government has been wrong and has not in any way shape or form managed to reassure the public that everything's going to be okay i mean what sort of a moron do you have to be to think that you won't be able to travel anywhere after we leave the european union just because we've left the european union i mean even the guy who's in charge of the european union and leaving it philip rycroft who's the senior civil servant at the department for exiting the european union he's actually going to leave the civil service two days after we leave the european union i.e on march the 31st he's going to leave his job because he's 57 and he fancies retiring. Now, what does that tell you about the state of the nation? What it tells you is that he's not worried that he's leaving behind some kind of massive problem. And in fact, everything is going to be smooth. The transition is going to be smooth. If you're stupid enough to think that you can't travel anywhere in Europe without a passport after April the 1st, you actually don't deserve to be able to travel anywhere, to be honest. 03444991000. Coming up in this hour, we're going to be talking about the packaging business because it turns out that the bag for life idea, which was supposed to save us all save the planet, make sure that we're all much more environmentally friendly. It's possibly the worst idea that anybody ever had in terms of environment. Can you believe it? I can. 0344 499 1000. Don't forget, because it's Friday, we'll have the Perrier Awards as well. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, right here on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Now, having outed the stupidity of the people in this country, uh, I can now out the stupidity of the people that run the environmental campaigns in this country because a bag for life is meant to be exactly that, a bag for life. Now, you listening to this show have probably got at least 10 bags for life somewhere in your car, somewhere in your house. You probably throw them out from time to time because they cost 10p rather than 5p. Some might even cost a pound. Uh, I've got probably... I don't know, 20 bags for life? I don't have 20 lives to live. But let's talk now to Paul Folks Arellano, uh, who's a packaging advisor for A Plastic Planet, to find out why it is that bags for life are actually not really worth the paper they're written on. Uh, Paul, a very good uh, morning to you. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you very much for joining us. What is the problem with bags for life? Are, are they not doing the job that they were supposed to do? We're handing out billions of plastic bags still. Um, it's incredible. And these plastic bags were hanging out handing out, use a lot more plastic, they're a lot more durable, they will last 
500 years, <laughs> same as the other plastic bags. And what's more, as you say, people who can't be bothered to carry around a bag say, oh, I'll have five of your bags for life, please. So all the retailers in the British Retail Consortium are handing them like, like it's Christmas. Every single day, every minute that they're open, they're handing out plastic bags. 50 other countries have banned them completely. But we pander to our supermarkets in the UK, and it's quite simple. Make people carry a bag. Maybe their grandmother's bag that's lasted 30 years. You know, it's as simple as that. But isn't the point as well that if you get a bag for life when you leave Tesco's on a Monday, if you have to go back to Tesco's on the following Monday, you're supposed to take the bag back, aren't you? Yeah, and, and what, what we're finding is that actually, I mean, I've got a rucksack. I don't know whether people have heard of this amazing new invention. I've had it for 30-odd years. I carry it around when I go shopping and I put stuff in it. Must be a bit smelly if you've had it that long. There's a thing called a washing machine. We have, we don't need new technology and new ideas and, and new biomaterials. We can actually just grab stuff. We can reuse stuff. And, you know, my, my, I've got two daughters who are young professionals who said, I'm not going to carry a bag around with me. And lo and behold, they do. They manage to do it. What an amazing thing. So, yeah, we have to be tough. We... Well, I carry a briefcase around with me, right? But I couldn't put a, a, I couldn't put a chicken in it. Tiny little cotton bag folded up, or a flax bag, or whatever you want to call it, in your briefcase. I mean, I sometimes forget. And you know what I do? I buy a bit less and I carry it in my hands. We have to find a way. Yeah, but do you not remember what it was like? Do you remember when they said we're going to start charging for plastic bags? And there was this amazing outpouring of, of, of yeah. horror because people said, I'm not paying 5p for a bag. And people yeah. were literally walking out of supermarkets, clutching all of the stuff that they had, dropping it all over the place because they wouldn't spend 5p on a bag. Yeah, and I think the thing is, what we didn't know then, and what we've got the internet now, we can see the destruction being caused by our plastic bags are floating around in the oceans all around the world. They're on our beaches. They're actually in the landfill on our coasts. They're coming out again. They were buried 30 years ago. And with all the rain in Britain, surprise, surprise, Mm. they're all coming out again and they're all floating back onto our beaches. So the thing is, we didn't know that. We didn't have the internet and social media, but we do now. And the fact is, animals, birds are getting trapped in plastic bags. They're killers. Yet we're like, oh, it's too hard. We just need to toughen up and actually, you know, do something about it. We, we can't be ignorant. If 50 countries and countries who've got less infrastructure and weaker arms than we have can do it, why can't we? Uh, well, that's a very good point. I just came back from America where they couldn't give us stuff about the environment and where they all drive around in massive gas-guzzling machines, uh, give you as many bags as you like, uh, and are constantly blaring out, um, you know, air conditioning units and heating units and lights and all sorts of things. And it did strike me when I was there, does it really actually make a difference what we do on this tiny island in the North Atlantic, considering that when I was in California, uh, you know, we're not even as big as one particular state of America, which is ruining and wasting so much energy. Correct. But Britain, we have a thing called social media. So actually what we, what we do here is copied around the world at a plastic planet. Well, it's not copied in America. No, it's going to be the last country in the world to, to actually think about the environment. It's literally the last country on our list of But it's quite countries. a big one. It's quite a big one. Yeah, but it only has, if you look at the world population, 
It's not that big. But they use all of our resources. They're using our resources. Well, they use a lot of their own as well. But the point, my, yeah. point, my point is, Paul, it's not about persuading them. I'm just saying when you are in a place where they don't do what we do, uh, you wonder whether what we do is actually worth doing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but what I can tell you, people copy it. So when we've launched Plastic Free Isles in the UK, other countries around the world have been into it and said, we want to do that too. So because of social media, because of media like yourselves, people are picking up on this. People will be listening to you talking to me all around the world. It'll be broadcast That's out true. there. That's true. But they won't be doing it, but they won't change it in China and they won't change it in India, which are two of the biggest countries in the world in terms of population as well. China, let me tell you this that I learned on Monday, China is absolutely piling away at getting rid of fossil fuels. So they're going to be the they're number one electric cars already. They're actually replanting their forests because they're no mugs. They know how to make money. And actually, these are economic issues. Anybody who is in environmental packaging right now is absolutely coining it in. It's a huge industry, loads and loads of money. Those people that are making non-fossil fuel, non-plastic packaging are absolutely raking it in. And they've sold out all their stock for 2019. So I think you'll find that things are changing. Well, I'm just looking at a story here in which it says that there are something like 259 gigawatts of new capacity under development in China uh, compared to what they were doing just a year ago in terms of coal-fired power stations. They're actually starting hundreds of coal-fired power stations, so yeah. I'm not sure that you've got the right information. No, um, I'm talking about coal, I would say, is, the, is, is one of the last frontiers. We need to tackle that. But in terms of... Yeah, but they're building uh, loads of coal-fired power stations. <laughs> yeah, but in terms of petrochemicals... Well, you've just supply, told me they're going the other way. <laughs> what the hell's I'm, going I'm on? I'm a petrochemical... Someone who wants to go to petrochemicals, I cannot talk to you about coal. Don't know enough. OK, fine. Well, let's <laughs> move on from that. What, all I'm saying is is that uh, what we should be doing, right, is giving a pat on the back, should we not, to Liddles, who, have, uh, who are the subjects of this story, who have said yeah. that they're now going to stop giving out bags for life. Yeah, Lidl and Aldi in Germany, Switzerland, Austria, are way ahead of us. Mm. And it, what a surprise that it's a German supermarket that's doing this first. I mean, it will be followed. You will see the others all do the same thing very quickly. Waitrose have stopped as well. So it's actually, there's a ripple effect. And we talk to these retailers day in, day out, and they're in a race now. They're all in a race to go plastic-free, to go fossil-fuel-free, and actually, it just took a little bit of a catalyst a couple of years ago. And Iceland Foods, for example, once they said, we're doing it, it's happening, everybody sprinted to catch up. Well, that is true. But, I mean, in the end, we need bags, don't we? I mean, people are always going to use bags. Funnily enough, I was in Borough Market only yesterday buying some very, very nice sustainable food because it comes from very organic places. But yeah. quite often, they will offer you a free plastic bag. Now, I'm quite surprised by that, and I don't always accept it, but they do offer it because that's their business. Yeah, and, and that's got to change. We, we have to stop this, not just in supermarkets, in corner shops, in markets. And again, we're talking to the organisation of markets about them going plastic-free. They're trying to push it onto their members as well. There's a lot of action going on behind the scenes to literally ban these free bags because they are a danger to the environment, we've got to stop it. And we don't need them. And yeah, we're going to run into problems, but we've got no bags. Hard luck. 
that's the way things have to well, be. Well, I don't think we need to think about it in terms of hard luck. I think the way that we <laughs> persuade people, Paul, is to give them an alternative which is better, right? Now, I've got a tweet here from Mike who says, Hi, Mike, what is wrong with paper bags and sacks? I agree we don't want plastic, but years ago you would get stopped for walking out of a shop unless your purchase was bagged. And certainly one of the things in the States that they do a lot of is they use a lot more paper bags rather than plastic bags. So yeah. where do you stand on that? Are paper bags better? Well, a lot of environmentalists will say no to paper bags. I have to say, we don't have a paper crisis. We have a plastics crisis. Mm. However, um, one of the things that we're looking at, you can actually make paper bags out of grass. Do you know how much grass we have and get cut in Europe every year? Tons and tons of tons of it. I get loads of grass cut in the back of my uh, garden, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. It drives me mad. Does it? I didn't know you lived near me. (laughs) But what um, retailers like Lush are doing... Yeah they're going to be using old cut grass to make their paper bags. So you've got an absolute, you know... But hang on, they also make perfumed products, don't they? Isn't that bad? Don't they make things that go into, you know, those little microbeads that go into the ocean? Of course they don't. (laughs) What do you mean they don't? (laughs) Microbeads have been banned for quite a long time in the UK. Um, That doesn't mean they're not there, though, does it? (laughs) Lush are not making them, nor they're using them. Are you sure? Basically, the fact is, we've got a whole pile of wheat waste, grass waste, we've got all kinds of stuff as well as the trees to make other kinds of bags. And yes, if you're absolutely stuck, you can have it. But but on the whole, people do plan their shopping. There's home shopping. There's a whole pile of reasons why we should just kind of wise up a bit. Because I think this kind of nanny stay, oh, we need to do this for you. Oh, poor you, you've forgotten your bag. That needs to end. All right. Well, you say that, but the nanny state's the thing that's telling us not to use a bag. I'll, I'll, I'll finish up with this, Paul. And this is a message from one of our listeners who says to, uh, to you, Miles says, tell Mr. Rucksack to try doing a weekly shop for a family and carry that home in a rucksack. What a plank. I have got several rucksacks and I've got members of my family that go with me. <laughs> so when you go shopping, it looks like some kind of uh, a sort of mountaineering <laughs> exercise. <does it? laughs> We've got other bags as well. In have fact, you got a car? We do have some really old bags. Have you got a car, Paul? We've got an electric vehicle. Electric? Oh, what a surprise. And how much electricity does it use over the course of a year? It charges itself. No, it doesn't. Uh, But basically, you know, there's always going to be a counter-argument to everything. Myself, I'm trying to do what I can. Yeah. And if I can do something better, so be it. Because I've got kids and I want my grandchildren to be safe. Basically, that's it. Right, that's right. Why if I were you, I'd grow all your own stuff, right? And just don't bother going out at all. Um, maybe I will. That's a good idea. You <laughs> see, I'm always full of advice. In anything you need, just come to me. Paul Fuchs Arellano, a packaging advisor for A Plastic Planet, uh, who's doing what he can for the planet. What are you doing for the planet? This is Talk Radio. More blasted rhetoric from the Banana Republic for people who think capital punishment isn't going nearly far enough. (laughs) The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. You know what to do. 03444991000. I think it's time we took some calls. I think it's time we heard uh, the wisdom of the people out there because the wisdom all comes from you guys and not necessarily from the guests that we have on this show. Keith is in St Albans. Hello, Keith. Hello, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, sir. What do you want to say? Yeah, I was just listening to the chat you just had on, uh, in my opinion, a bit of a Luddite. 
He's got his lovely electric car. Where's he getting the electricity from? Well, that's why I asked him. And then he tried to make a joke about the fact that it was self-charging. And he was like, and then he didn't tell me. I mean, he's using a lot of electricity to charge a car, I would have thought. For sure. And where's it, where's he when it's come from? Nuclear? Because that's really uh, environmentally friendly. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, this um, is the problem, isn't it? I mean, it's all very well saying we have to change the way that we live, but only if it's actually easier and, and more efficient. And do you honestly think that the France, the French and the Germans care about what we do? Of course they've they don't. Their own interests. Well, they've got their own interests. They've got their own power supplies and gas supplies, some from Russia, some homegrown. What are we meant to do? Live in a cave with a, well, not even a candle. Well, exactly. And also, wood. when you when you go, I mean, when you when you go to Germany, when you go to when you go to Germany, Keith, you do see that they live in quite a sort of green existence. But when you go to countries like India or you go to countries like America, you realise that nobody's doing it over there. It's the amount of pollution America, India, China pour into the world. We're whittling the ocean. Right. In my opinion. It's exactly right. Thank you, Keith, for letting us know. And thank you for uh, fighting the good fight. Keep it up. Let's talk to Neil in Macclesfield. Hi, Neil. Hi, Mike. You all right? Yeah, very well, mate. How are you doing? Um, I'd just like to draw a comparison between... Uh, in, the, in the 1960s, when the Americans uh, ran the Apollo program yeah. and they went to the moon, mm. there was 360,000 engineers working on that program right. uh, at its peak in, in the 1960s. And um, one of the things that, which ran through the entire DNA of all of the engineers working on the program was that they would not let obstacles get in the way of their ultimate goal, which was to put a man on the moon. Right. And, and, I, and I look at what's happening with Brexit, and I look at the character of our MPs, mm. Theresa May, and all the rest of them and the Remainers who do nothing but um, obstruct our ambitions. Yeah. And, and, I, and I just think, you know, we are actually a very, very... We have a very weak um, political leader and we need to, we need to have more ambition mm. and, 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 more, and get more in tune with, with those engineers who worked on the Apollo programme in the 1960s. No, I totally agree yeah. with that. Well, Boris Johnson said a very interesting thing once and he said it privately uh, but I was I, I was told uh, by somebody who, who heard him say it that basically the problem with Theresa May is that she treats Brexit as though it's a national disaster that she has to yeah. somehow manage instead of something which is attainable and something that we all want to happen. Yeah, uh, and you know, no doubt there'll be a bunch of Remainers uh, ring up after this and say oh, you know, Brexit's far more complicated than going to the moon. And, and you just think, and you just think, well, no, it's not. No, it's a, it's a exactly. bunch of trade deals. Yeah. It's just two, two companies. But also, do you, know, do you know what it's like as well, Neil? Do you remember after the Olympics in 2012, I used to get on trains and listen to people talking about pelotons and, you know, cycling terms that nobody had ever yeah, mentioned yeah, before, right? Yeah, yeah, Suddenly yeah. everyone was an expert on the Tour de France and on cycling, right? Now yeah. everybody's an expert on trade deals. Everywhere you yeah. go, there's people talking yeah. about, but don't you realise how difficult it is to do trade deals? I don't care, right? It, if it, I want to uh, buy a Mercedes, if I want to buy a bottle of schnapps, you know, if I want to yeah. buy some lederhosen, I'll go and find some place to go and buy them. The thing is, Mike, I mean, commerce is like water. Mm. And, and if there's an obstacle in the way, if the deal is right, the, the obstacle will, will be... They'll yeah. go around it, they'll go over it, under it. You know, 
these people who were talking about these trade deals have no idea about actual uh, real commerce yeah. and how it actually works. Well, I'll tell you what. I heard James yeah. Wales' show the other night, right? And James used to be quite an intelligent uh, bloke. He's obviously had the intelligence yeah. sucked out of his head uh, yeah, ever since yeah. he left TalkSport and came back to work on Talk Radio. He said that he had never heard such a good analogy as when some bozo came on, some Remainer came on and said to him, oh, yeah, well, it's a bit like buying a house. You know, when you buy a house and then you get the survey done and you find out that it's full of dry rot and the roof's caving in. Well, you go, well, hang on a second. What about Britain uh, tells you that the roof is caving in and we're full of dry rot? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, everyone seems to forget that we're giving the European Union $39 billion, yeah. right? And, and the WTO side of it, we already trade. 44% of our trade in the UK is already on WTO rules. So most companies out there, you know, it's not a, it's not going to be a big drama. That's why when you walk down the street these days, I don't see, you know, hordes of people um, screaming that we're on the edge no. of the cliff and we're all going to die. No, of course not. The only place you see all that is is listening to the wrong radio station yeah, and yeah. Uh, reading the wrong Twitter accounts. But basically, when the government report came out the other day, last week, and said, you know, we're not prepared enough for a uh, no-deal Brexit because nobody's really taking it seriously. Well, guess why? Because nobody believes there's going to be a problem. Yeah, your typical remainder is somebody who, when it snows, they look out the window, there's half an inch of snow on the ground, and they call in uh, into work and say, <laughs> I can't get into I can't work. Get into work. In. Don't just don't go out. Yeah, stay at home. And, and, Brilliant. And, and that is the character of your of your remainers. You know, the slightest thing which comes in a little bit of paper. You know, that's it. Oh, it's game over. I know, ridiculous. Game over is right, Neil. Thank you very much indeed, Neil in Maxfield. Talking sense as ever. We get the most sense out of the most callers of any radio station in the entire universe. This is why more and more people are coming here and leaving that ridiculously awful place where all they hear about is doom and gloom. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. It's 12.22. It is Friday and it's time for this. 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Perrier Awards. And now it's time for the Perry Awards, presented by our producer, Cornelius Mendez. Yes, welcome. Very good afternoon to you, Cornelius. Good afternoon. Welcome once again <laughs> to the Perry Awards. Every Friday we look back over the past week um, of the so-called Independent Republic so of Mike Graham and choose our very favourite moments. Yes. Lots to get through this week, so good. let's begin. Let's As is it. tradition, Mike, uh, you get the first award, and that oh, is for the most grandiose reading of the station number. <laughs> It's an absolute racket. People are collecting money and just giving it to themselves. It's a shocking situation. 0344, a 499, a 1, a 1,000. This is talk radio. <laughs> well, I'm going to do it differently once in a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I do do it quite a lot. Well, you do do it quite differently. However, you did fall foul of the number did this I? week, so I'm afraid you've also won the worst oh, reading of God. the station's phone number. Shocking. It could be a financial problem. It could possibly um, cause all sorts of recessionary behaviour to happen. Or, of course, it could not. 03444 499-1000 <laughs> uh, is the number to Yeah, well, sometimes I forget. You mm, know. Yeah, just, uh, just You don't clarify. write it down. Sometimes you write things down on the running order, right, uh, which I can't read out. You do <laughs> yeah. that deliberately. Yeah, well, keep you on your toes. Yeah. Uh, just to clarify, if you do want to call the station, the number as given by Mike just there was 03444. <laughs> the word oath. Just put oath. Fitting. There you uh, go. 499-1000. Um, Smith MP now. Uh, you spoke to her on Monday, Mike. Uh, she wins the award for U-Turn of the Week, which if you listen carefully, you can actually hear happening. Now, before I let you go, I have to ask you, are you team Tom Watson or team Jezza Corbyn? I'm team Tom Watson. But I mean, I'm team Labour, but I'm also Tom Watson's PPS, so I get slapped from my boss if I wasn't. <laughs> is he going to be the <laughs> next really. leader, and how soon is he going to take over? It's not about leadership. This is about... Well, it is, really. I mean, we've had... Well, it's about... Actually, it is about leadership. <laughs> Very good. I was quite pleased with that, actually. Yeah, quite proud of myself. Good work. Um, talk radio strapline, of course, is we'll get you talking. And often with this show, uh, we'll get you debating. Uh, congratulations to you, Mike, Thank and you. Laura in London for the highest pitched debate. Feel that tells you all you need to know. That's they true. don't want us to leave. No, that's true. I, I agree with you. And, However, and, that doesn't and so mean... now we're talking that... about a deal to stay, no, not a not. deal to leave. No, no, we're not. We're talking about a deal to leave, Laura. No, we're not. Yes, we're we are. It's like a carry-on film, this. If, if... Well, at least she was doing it with a sense of humour. Yeah. Unlike yeah. some of those Remainers who get very grumpy about these mm. kinds of debates, you know. Yes. Uh, thanks to Professor Philippe Legrain for giving oh, yeah. Mike his, uh, for giving Mike his <laughs> lesson of the week. As a safeguard uh, in case uh, the Americans are no longer willing to defend us. Mm. Well, France is not in NATO, is it? Uh, France is in NATO. Oh, is it? Okay. They didn't used to be. GCSE stuff. Mm. Um, uh, didn't catch the name of the Nets contributor, but they do win test of the week and uh here's one from um uh where is it uh, oh i can't find it now <laughs> thanks for your contribution <laughs> yeah well you know sometimes you know because i do everything for myself you see i mean on other shows the producers actually provide yeah, the tweets right. and provide all the uh, you know information that the presenter needs i do it all myself yeah. so occasionally i'm gonna fall over yeah fair play Thank um you. i'll give you a break now as yeah i know you're i'll keen. reveal your other name if you're not careful <laughs> no. um i know you're keen on break so uh julia bradbury uh, was in for you on wednesday yes um, it was an eventful uh, show, Perry Award-wise. Mm. James Max, Talk Radio's business breakfast presenter, yeah. wins the award for best promotion. 
She reached the milestone earlier than the Facebook founder, Mark Zuckerberg, who became a billionaire at the age of 23. Let us pick this story apart with BBC Breakfast presenter James Max. Hi, James. (laughs) Very good morning to you. He's very good. He's very professional. Very professional. Didn't mention it as well. Uh, He's, of course, not the BBC Breakfast. No. He's talk radio (laughs) breakfast presenter. Business breakfast, yes. Mm. Um, And speaking of promotion, congrats to the same man, James Max, who we love on this show, uh, who also wins a pair of Shameless Plug of the Week. As a former investment banker, James, what do you recommend that uh, Kylie invests her money in and on? Well, I'm not sure I can necessarily give a specific advice, but uh, certainly uh, if, if anybody who listens to my daily programme on talk radio every morning. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you be a former investment banker, by the way? Why would you give up being an investment banker? Oh, to live the radio dream. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, Julia Bradbury had a guest on. Hang on. Are you, how many were you giving her? Uh, she was only in one day. Yeah, I know. As I said, it was it was shocking. It, so it was uh, she had a guest, uh, John Foreman from Coffee Notes. Uh, she so wasn't James Foreman. No, John, John Foreman. John Foreman. <laughs> <laughs> they were discussing his invention of uh, recycling old takeaway coffee cups into ah. notepads. Um, well, at least they should have been. They both win tangent of the week. And the story is that we've got so much more capacity for recycling. And James Cropper. Excuse me, and um, Costa and McDonald's. Are you going to sneeze? It's all right. I think so. Yeah. Go on. Bless uh, well, you. No, don't do that on radio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, I always do that. I, I really annoy my friends because I say "bless you" before the sneezes happen. They go, "Oh no, you got rid of it." What's <laughs> going on? So the old thing is, look at a light bulb. I'm doing that now. Really? I've never heard that one. Look at a light bulb. <laughs> that's really irritating. Yeah, that's, that's gone. <laughs> it's really irritated me that now, really? even though I never heard it at the time. It's quite irritating. Uh, an interview about recycling. Yeah. Uh, Louise Atkinson, environmental journalist, uh, wins the award for Singer of the Week. These containers will be taken away. Oh, I think we lost Louise then. We might have, we might have lost no, no, I'm Oh, you're there. Hello. Oh, she's singing a little bit there in the background. <laughs> What's going on? We had no idea. That's bizarre, isn't it? Uh, let's come back to you, Mike. Mm, uh, once, again, <laughs> once again, you uh, win what is affectionately now known as uh, the old classic. It's impression of the week for yes. your take on the uh, royal family members. Can you imagine the conversation in the Bentley on the way home? Goodness gracious me, darling. I had no idea that people didn't get given free grace and favoured mansions when they were married. I thought that's what happened to everybody. There are places in Blackpool which have got water running down the walls. Have you heard? It's awful. Oh, that was quite good. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, sounds... Nobody else did. Just like uh, generic royal. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, the winner of the next period will be obvious. Uh, it's for Reaction of the Week um, and happened during this call with Neil in Macclesfield. You know, I took him to school the other day and he was walking along, and every time he saw a bird, he was pointing the birds out. Uh, Blimey. Yeah. There goes your dog. What's going on? I've got two dogs. <laughs> I've got two dogs. Yeah, yeah. I think we knew that. Yeah. Sounded like you had about 102. Uh, one more for you, Mike. Yeah. Uh, you win shopping list of the week. <laughs> Everywhere you yeah. go, there's people talking yeah. about, but don't you realise how difficult it is to do trade deals? I don't care, right? It, if I want to uh, buy a Mercedes, if I want to buy a bottle of schnapps, you know, if I want to yeah. buy some lederhosen, I'll go and find some place to go and buy them. Probably <laughs> Austria, I should, I should yeah. suggest. Uh, talk Radio does, of course, not condone drinking or dri- uh, drinking and driving. Or wearing uh, a or lederhosen. Or wearing lederhosen, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and finally now, 
Um, another anonymous winner. This tweet uh, or text uh, wins Big Spender of the Week. And Steve says if he could have Michelin stars as many as he likes coming out of his backside, but I'm not paying £15 uh, for a coffee. Uh, and, of course, there's one uh, tweet I've got here from someone who said actually paid more money uh, than that for a car. Hey, Big Spender. I actually got that wrong. It was somebody who'd spent less than that on a car. Oh, I see. Well, but I think I corrected it later, but never mind. <laughs> never mind. Uh, that's it for the Perry Awards. More next week. The Perry Awards on Talk Radio. Now, we haven't got a lot of time left in the show. Are you going to play that great song, by the way, they got to mention earlier, Wordy Rapping Hood by Tom Tom Club? Ah, uh, no, I'm afraid what do you not. not. What do you mean, no? Have you not noticed anything about the music today? No. Have you enjoyed it? Mm, it's been all right. I no, don't I think wish you. Has it, it had a theme? It's, it's about time we wish you, Mike, a very happy International Women's Day. Oh, for God's sake. female artists today. I was trying to ignore International Women's Day. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Sorry. You know, I don't celebrate International Pancake Day, International Women's Day, International Vegan Champagne Day. That's what we're going to do later World on. Book day as well. Thanks yesterday. anyway. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. More blasted rhetoric from the Banana Republic for people who think capital punishment isn't going nearly far enough. <laughs> Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham, and it is, of course, the afternoon. We have moved seamlessly into uh, the last day of the week. It is Friday. Coming up next week, it's going to be a massive week for Brexit and for Theresa May. We're told that Tuesday is going to be a meaningful vote. We will be down uh, in Westminster on College Green in the Tent of Shame. Uh, we haven't been there for a while. Apparently, it's not going to be as warm as we thought. Coming up in this hour, uh, we'll take your calls on uh, Brexit and all matters related to what on earth is going on as far as us leaving the European Union is concerned. 0344 Matthew Wright coming up just before the news at one o'clock to tell us what's on his show. We've got a great hour coming up, though. We've got the Perrier Awards. Uh, we've got vegan sparkling wine tasting with Christopher Walkie, founder of A Glass of Bubbly. And we're going to find out why the Spanish have got it right when it comes to having a siesta, because apparently it makes you more healthy and keeps your blood pressure at a normal level. 0344 499 1000. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, right here on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Now, Dr. Neil Stanley's a man that knows an awful lot about uh, sleep. He's a man that knows an awful lot about why sleep is so important to the well-being uh, of the nation and the well-being generally of every single individual. We're also going to talk to Marta Malagon, uh, who is, of course, our assistant producer here on the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. She's from Barcelona and she has a siesta pretty much every day. And no wonder she's so relaxed about life. Dr. Neil, a very good afternoon to you. Welcome. Good afternoon. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Now, I've always been in favour of an afternoon nap. Um, I've never actually called it a siesta, but whenever I don't have one nowadays, I don't know whether it's because I'm a bit older than I used to be, um, I sort of miss it, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it, it is something that's historical. I mean, it goes back to evolutionary times when we evolved on the plains of Africa. Right. It's too hot in the midday sun to do anything. We can't hunt. Uh, so in order to 
preserve our resources, we hid under a tree or in a cave where it was cool. And if you're not doing anything, you might as well sleep. So it's a hangover from that. And, you know, in hot countries, as you mentioned, Spain, Greece, Italy, they still have it. Whereas our ancestors stupidly made the move to our cold and green land, whereas siesta wouldn't really work. If you had it in the afternoon uh, in the UK, you'd wake up and it would be dark and that would confuse your body. Well, also, is it not a good idea to take your sleep not necessarily all in one go? Like you could sleep less at night if you had a sleep in the afternoon. Well, absolutely. I mean, yes. I mean, in, in the dark north as we are, it is better to sleep when it's dark. But as I say, in, in hot countries, it is better to actually to hide away at that peak of midday. So we know in some countries, uh, particularly Ecuador, where there's a very homogeneous population, that there is actually a genetic predisposition to siesta. So that's how they've they've grown up. That's how they've evolved. Uh, as I say, we've We've moved away from that, although we still get the post-lunch dip, which doesn't, of course, require um, any food to be eaten. And that is our evolutionary hangover of the siesta, as it was in the past. Well, I'm delighted to tell you, Dr. Neil, that we have Malta Maligon with us now, who is a, our, our own homegrown Spanish siesta specialist, uh, who does uh, assistant producing on this show, occasional producing, uh, when our man, uh, who also has a Spanish name, who, uh, but we can't mention it on the radio, uh, doesn't uh, doesn't work. But Malta, welcome uh, to the show. Thank and you. Thank you. Um, did you start having siestas like as a baby? Is that when they, when they start making you sleep? I would say... Uh, my first recollection of having siestas when I was about two or three, uh-huh. and I remember that my parents would really struggle because for me having a siesta was like a punishment. Right. Which you know, when I turned twenty-five, I thought I was a fool because <laughs> actually I would kill if I could just have a siesta every day now. But um, yeah, that my first recollection of me being two or three years old, and my parents struggling to put me to sleep right. after lunch because they probably wanted to squeeze in a quick nap themselves. So, something like that. Well, yeah. also because in Spain, the the, the, the lifestyle is that you have everything shops are open later restaurants are open later mm. you're out i mean i remember when i whenever i went there with young children it was all surprising to me to see the young kids out 10, 11 o'clock at night in restaurants with their parents. Yeah, it's because we've got a break in the middle of the day. So uh, shops here, they will open from, I don't know, 10 in the morning yeah. till 6 in the in the evening. Right. And, and that's it. But in Spain, if you've got a shop, you'll open it 9 till 1. Then you'll have a break. One till three or one yeah. till four or maybe two till four, and then you'll open again until eight or nine in the evening. So we do we basically split our day, right. and if we can, middle of the day, just after lunch, we've got a quick nap. And, and it's so, great. so Doctor Neil, is that not? It sounds to me like a more healthy lifestyle to do that. It is, and unfortunately, there are uh, very strong forces in Spain who wish to give up the siesta really? because they believe that it's not uh, compatible with sort of the Western European ideal, which is a terrible shame. And these are sort of the equivalent of Remainers in Spain, are they? Absolutely. (laughs) Um, And and the problem is, you know, uh, this this research that came out from Greece has shown that by actually having a a, a siesta, a lunchtime sleep, you actually significantly reduce your blood pressure um, because essentially it's a very good way of de-stressing. And, you know, high blood pressure is a, a very strong cause of things like heart attacks and stroke. So anything that can, you know, without pills, reduce your blood pressure significantly must be a good thing. And they did a study about 10 years ago in Greece where they did give up. uh, Middle-aged men gave up their siesta and rate of heart attack went up 26% the next year. So those people who do have a siesta should stick with having it. And maybe the world would be a slightly better and happier place if we uh, 
I mean, we don't even have a lunch break, let alone time to have a, a siesta these days. Everybody just eats their sandwiches at their desk. No, so exactly. Maybe we should go back to the days when we, we did have a break at lunchtime. And if you should so wish to sleep, then, you know, feel free to do yeah. so. And Martha, does it make a difference now that you're living in a more kind of cold climate? that you mm. don't have a siesta here because when you, like when uh, Dr. Neil said, when you wake up in the winter, it's going to be dark. Yes, exactly. And and it's happened to me plenty of times. And it's, it's also happened to me in Spain, especially in winter, that I'll go for a, what I intended to be a quick nap, but I don't set an alarm and it turns it into a three-hour <laughs> three hour siesta. <laughs> you wake up and it's dark and you think, oh, goodness me, like what time is it? Have I slept through the night? Which actually happened, uh, uh, <laughs> it happened to me once. Right. I went for a nap at four in the afternoon. I woke up at four in the morning, but hey. That's never good, is it? Oh, it's the worst is if you wake up at like 11 at night. Yes. And then you can't go back to sleep. But what I do notice now that I live here and obviously I can't have naps as much as I would like to is that I just go to sleep earlier at night. I'm so knackered at the end of the day yeah. that I, I go to bed at 9 or 10 p.m., whereas my body tells me, no, you, you're Spanish. Like, you should be up at least until midnight. And also, right. I'm an night owl. Like, I like being up at night. It's just like, I just can't because I'm absolutely knackered. So for me, 20 minutes in the afternoon, 20 minutes, half an hour, the best thing ever. Is that good? So Dr. Neil, is a pa- like a power nap used to be the thing. We all used to do it, like, uh, in the 80s. At your desk, you would have literally a sleep uh, just leaning on your elbow. Yeah, I mean, a power nap, a 20-minute power nap is actually good. I mean, the the uh, effects of it last, or the positive benefits of it last for three to four hours. So it is. And if you're, if you're sleepy, your body wants sleep rather than, you know, being kept awake with caffeine or anything. So a power nap is great. A siesta would probably be better. Uh, certainly in the summer, uh, when it's, you know, far too hot, uh, as I say, at the midday to, to do anything, it would be really nice if you could uh, uh, have, have an hour, two hours uh and I say, reduce stress, reduce blood pressure. Uh, what what more do you want? Well, I think it sounds like a great idea. Uh, Dr. Neil, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Dr. Neil Stanley, the independent sleep expert. So, I mean, is it different in different parts of Spain, Marta? Like, you're from Barcelona, which is mm. in the north. Yes. So, if it's hotter, do you tend to, like, do the siesta for longer? Do you stay out of the sun for longer? How does yes. that work? Yes. Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I, I don't have the experience myself because, as you said, I'm from the north. But I know, and because I've been there for summers and stuff, that in the south, it gets really, really hot during the day. So, especially if you're working outdoors. Yeah. Um, you 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 can't be out there. So what would you do? So you you have lunch, and let's say when it gets really really hot, you can't really get out until seven or eight in the no. evening. So what you do? You just sleep. You watch some telly. Also, like it's really funny because uh, one of our public channels, um, um, the, what the equivalent of BBC Two here, we yeah. would say, uh, what they do is uh, about three thirty in the afternoon. They just show like really old documentaries right. about. Africa and the uh, <laughs> you know. well, stuff to make you go to sleep. Yeah, exactly. Really? And it's the thing yeah. that if you want to have a quick nap or just like, it's like, okay, I need something in the background, you just go and switch to that channel because you know that they're going to. And it's sort of like a running joke now. Maybe that's and they what they're doing it. at that radio station we don't like to mention, you know, because they put a lot of stuff on that sends people to sleep. I don't know anything about other radio stations, yeah. but well, I think I you might be onto you. something here. I think so. Because, <laughs> I mean, one of the things I always do when I'm on holiday with my kids, especially if it's in the summer, um, if we're in like Spain or Greece or, or we were in Turkey between say you know 12 and 2 we make sure they're not outside we bring them into, back into the room make them go to have a little sleep or watch a little TV or something because it's just too hot it can get it, it can and also dangerous. get really dangerous exactly yeah. like unfortunately people die because it's too hot and it's yeah. really now that we know that it's not safe it's really irresponsible to make people go out there and work in the sun and also you have a little nap between let's say 
two and five, right. which for me, for me, I mean, prime time for me will be three till five. But anyway, that's uh-huh. up to everyone. But and then that means that when you go in the evening, you go eight in the evening that you can stay up for longer. Yeah. We don't have dinner like realistically on holiday we don't have dinner until 10 p.m yeah, at least right so what you want to do is you want to enjoy the nice breezy evenings and you want so to do stay you up eat lunch late. at kind of like just before you sleep or like at one or something go to sleep at three how does that work i would say uh prime depends time if you're for having lunch. a glass of wine i suppose i guess so yeah let's just assume that it's a normal day so let's just say it's a thursday mm. uh you would have lunch about i don't know one thirty two p.m and then um, I'll tell you what my dad does. My dad does this like regularly. He's got a shop, so he closes his shop at 1 p.m., right. has lunch at about one thirty-two, and then he'll have a nap until about 3.30. Right. Sometimes in the sofa watching these documentaries right. that I was about telling Africa. you about. And you don't yeah. like, do you not wake up sometimes and feel like drowsy, groggy? How do you, how do you fix that? Well, that's a bit of like a Russian roulette game. Like you never know how you're going to yeah. wake up. And and you know, some people say, no, you've got to drink plenty of water. And I mean, you'll be fine. So far, I've not mastered uh, the the art of of you know having a a safe uh, siesta in the right. sense that you know that you're gonna wake up feeling refreshed. Because I'll sometimes if I have one of those nights where I'm like so I've been out in the afternoon working or you know doing something drinking, come home, go for a sleep at six o'clock, hmm. wake up at sort of eight o'clock, and you just kind of keep sleeping. You just keep yeah. going back to sleep. Yeah, well that's that's what when I was saying earlier this this nap that went on for twelve hours is because when I used to work on on breakfast shows and I used to get up at four in the morning yeah. and I thought you know what I'm just gonna squeeze a quick one and I remember waking up at like seven thirty or so and I look at my at, at my watch and I thought you know what I'm just gonna keep going just keep sleeping yeah, yeah. I kept sleeping and then I woke up from the morning feeling absolutely refreshed I texted all my friends like mm. guys this is an achievement that was a twelve hour nap uh, I'm a sort <laughs> of a legend right. to brag about that's it. good twelve but hour yeah, siesta it's great. It's Very great. good. I Martha. bet it's a record. Well, listen, I mean, take Martha's advice. Take as many siestas as you can, mm-hmm. uh, but try and do it between three and five. Simple as that. Just tell the people you work for uh, that you're going to be knocking off for uh, three o'clock for a couple of hours. And you'll be back and you don't mind working until seven or eight. It's exactly. Fine. And it's good for productivity because then you wake up, you're all refreshed and you yeah. think, you know what? I've got things to do this evening, so I'm going to crack on and get the work done efficiently and in a very good way. Quite right too. Uh, Martha, thank you very much indeed. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1 Monday to Friday on Talk Radio via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.